0: you're listening to the precision shooting podcast discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting this episode is brought to you by projectile warehouse find your perfect projectile and now over to your
1: hosts well hello and welcome to the precision shooting podcast uh, my name is rusty this is episode number 71 And we are in Lithgow, New South Wales, uh, Australia. Next to me, uh, or just over there actually, Dan from Impact Dynamics. How are you Dan? G'day Rusty. How you doing mate? Good mate. Good. Relaxed. Good, that's it. Just Dan and I uh, at the moment. We are chilling in our cheap crappy motel room. It's all right, isn't it? Quite cosy,
0: good bed. Yeah. Heaps of pizza.
1: Yeah. Jack Daniels. I I think those last two were added in. I don't think they're part of the the motel package. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um but we are in Lithgow. Uh we we got in last night. It's Friday today. Um although this will be going up uh, probably a little bit later once we get back to Adelaide and uh so we got in Thursday night late and today we spent the day at Lithgow Arms. Very factory. cool. Very cool. Yeah, you enjoyed that? I did. So, big thanks to Richard at Lithgow, we got a bit of a tour there at the factory, um, which no doubt we'll probably go into a little bit, uh, and then we spent a little bit of time sort of watching them cycle, some, uh, some guns on the range, had a fair bit of testing to do, and uh, we had lunch with uh, the, the guys who do that, um, and got to know the range a little bit, because we'll be back there tomorrow running a course, running a long range course. Excited for that, Dan? I am. Yeah. It's going
0: to be a little bit different.
1: It is. Yep. Something went you know location quite different.
0: Yeah, very great location.
1: Beautiful spot. Yeah, isn't it? It's yep. a really nice little, uh, nice little place to shoot. Yeah. Uh, gorgeous. Uh, very scenic. Yeah, very much so. So excited about that. Um, yeah. So we had we actually tried to record this podcast yesterday in the car. We didn't get far. <laughs> no, we we got a long way. We got to Lithgow, <laughs> um, but. We uh, we just struggled with background noise. The car was fairly loud, particularly running at 100 you know, k's, and and we just could not get a, a good sound quality without using handheld mics, and we didn't really want to run handheld mics uh, while driving. So we opted out, maybe a cop-out, but we opted out, and uh, that's why we're doing this here. So, Dan, tell, tell us a bit about about Lithgo today. What did you you know what do you remember? Oh, yeah, like what you was said good? Richie
0: gave us a tour of the factory. It was awesome. He's a great bloke. Did a great job, pretty intensive um uh tour of the factory. It's pretty
1: quick, but but not, not speedy. I thought I thought we were, like getting like a 3 minute quick there there no, there. He did Wait, a great job, you know. Yeah.
0: Opened our eyes to a lot of things, I think.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah. A so lot of
0: great old machinery, great, you know. I really like the old stuff, like the, the old buildings there. It's because the you're machinery. old. Yeah, like, you're a lot older than me. Yeah, I'm not no, as old as bad. Badco, though. So <laughs> it's all good. <laughs>
1: yeah, you haven't got as much cash as pro Badco. I'm
0: probably next in line. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and so no one's as old as Badco. Uh, you're, yeah. We we got taken out to the tour room first. I'm um, actually probably actually going to speak on the old side of things. Mm. So Lithgow have been around for. Well over, well, over 100 years. Yeah. And, I mean, you can tell the, the buildings yeah. are old, aren't they?
0: Yeah, it's awesome. It's like stepping back in time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, and they're still running, some of the machines are still running uh,
0: yeah. are of yeah. that age. Yeah, I think I think he said, you know, uh, the quality that they put out, some of them, they just, I guess they don't need replacing because they're just, they're still doing their job.
1: Yeah. Yet Th- they've they,
0: updated where they need to, you know
1: yeah he's saying one of the machines um I think it was the gun drill, but I could be wrong um probably am usually are the he they've got shims on them or they 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 keep it tweaking them so they're performing still within their tolerances that they mm. required mm. uh despite being a hundred year old machine so mm. it's yeah I mean you look at it, you know we looked at them today and, and gone they're still doing the job still doing well yep. um they've got plenty of new machines in there should point out that it's Absolutely. not it's not all just you
0: know yeah uh, yeah no, what's no, C&C? you can see they've updated yeah. where they need to and yeah. yeah
1: particularly yeah. with the civilian line with you know the mm. of what they're doing with the Lithco arms yeah the LA101s 102s and the other one we will get to shortly um but it was, it was magic and, and one of the things I really sort of got uh Saw today that I didn't know much about was the forging process of barrels. Yeah, that was
0: cool. Cool yeah. to learn about.
1: So, from from the understanding of it, uh, they spend uh, two weeks making a tungsten rod, which is the the rifling imprint, and then uh, yeah. So it takes quite a while. And and did I hear correctly? He he said that they they will usually make mo- like twice as many as they actually need and then scrap any that have any minor uh, something defect. like that rings yeah. a bell yeah yeah they they made more and then and then would get rid of some because they they went up to par and mm-hmm. and and always account for Now they, they pick the best yeah. so um, and probably then the,
0: probably sorry yeah, go, no, on. go 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 i was going to say it's probably the, the the main thing i took away from today about Lithgow is the uh, quality control yeah um very anal on it yeah, and you know, very concerned that they're putting out a really good product. Um,
1: it, yeah, it, it shone it, it, through. It, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, that the, which for- is great. the forging they'd start with this this sort of somewhat of a blank, um, which would quite small. Like mm. I, I was uh, amazing, and then effectively goes in this machine, and this machine just pounds the crap out of it. Absolutely. And like wraps the inside around this tungsten rod. To create the rifling on the inside of the barrel and, and hardens the, the um, steel and, yeah, sort of really puts it under, under pressure, which um, was, yeah, it, it, once you see the see it happen and get it, get it explained to you by someone who knows what they're talking about, not me, uh, you, you go, wow, that's, there's, there's, no wonder they shoot well. Yeah. You know, there's some real yeah. consistent elements to that and, and how they do it they um they were saying they 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 forge some of their chambers, but the civilian range they they cut them um That's right with the, with the rema normal sort of way of doing it um and yeah, so the facilities are you know you've got that com- uh they compromise not compromise the the clash of like a really old building and a stack of sort of old machines within some sort of top of the t- top of the line as far as i can tell c n c setups yeah. that are you know doing everything you'd expect to see you know, what we saw over in Vortex in the U.S., you know, sort of similar yep. sort of concepts and stuff, and, and that, you know, measuring machines all done in controlled environments in certain certain uh, uh, temperatures and all that sort of gear. So, yeah, it was a real really...
0: A lot, lot of history there.
1: Mm. Mm, absolutely. And all the meeting rooms of the Vickers room and the Bren Gun room and bits and yeah, pieces like so. that. Yep. Yeah, Everything's thought, got a room. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was good, so... Yeah, no, it's quite, quite a, an interesting experience, and um, we were disappointed. The small arms museum, which you had been recommended to go and see by a lot of guys, um, was closed on Fridays. So if you if you are getting to Lithgow at any time uh, at any point, um, don't come on a Friday because the small arms museum is closed and apparently is really worthwhile looking through. Yeah,
0: I'm not thinking about it. Oh, is that I you? don't really know what's in there or what to expect, yep. so I'm not. You're putting I'm it out of your mind out so on it, disappointed. You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh One day we'll be back, mate. And yeah, we'll we'll sure. definitely I'll, get a run we'll, through I would
0: love to go in there and check it out.
1: Yeah, it would be good. Uh, the other thing that we got to do today was have a little bit of time with the 105, the LA-105 oh. Woomera. Uh, now, we didn't get to shoot it, but we didn't certainly did see a bunch of results from it. The range was tied up with their machine gun testing. Yep. The... Well, what did you think, Dan? It was the first time you've played with a Lithgow Centerfire, though, wasn't it?
0: Yes. Yes. Um, I think you pointed out before, anyone that knows me, I'm not easily impressed with a a rifle.
1: Yes, I did say that to someone (laughs) earlier today. It (laughs) takes a bit to make you smirk about a rifle. Yeah,
0: I'll... I'll, um I'll dance around something for quite a while before I'll accept that it's okay.
1: And your <laughs> dance was impressive today. <laughs> yeah. It was really, uh, like, well, cha-cha. I
0: put, th- I, put it all, I put my all into it. It was man. a cha-cha thing.
1: <laughs> I, I was quite impressed by it, mate. I, was, yeah. I think people would be proud. Yeah.
0: But, no, uh, you know, holding the rifle, cycling the rifle, um, I was impressed. It's, yep. it's about all I can say is um, I've never picked up a new rifle that felt like it has fired... 4000 rounds and been running in the, the good way. In the good way. It was Butter Smooth. Yeah. And and not but, what I would expect.
1: Shout out to Butters there from Darwin. We're,
0: yeah. Butter Smooth. But, yeah. yeah. I mean the the finish on the action, the look of it is is very appealing. It's a really nice looking strong action yet you know, attractive and mm-hmm. cycles Butter Smooth. Um I'm really keen to try one out. I think <laughs> I mean and it's in my favorite. Favourite chassis the, K- the KRG I mean yeah, well that's it, p- I can't see it Not being a really Top notch rifle
1: That's a point So A um, couple of specs On the rifle it's, it's the same action As the 102 okay. The, the action itself There's no different The Feeding of it To, to work from The KRG chassis uh, Has been Modified um, So it will feed Out of the AI Style mags Yep The barrel is a 24 inch bull barrel Like a straight barrel Um a lot thicker profile than their standard 102s. Yeah. And then the muzzle brake on the end. Uh, yeah, it's good.
0: Yet it's well-weighted. It's not... I wouldn't call it a heavy rifle, yet it's not... Quite, right. I mean, it's the perfect weight.
1: And, and the Karajis chassis, I think I may have put up somewhere uh, on Facebook or something that it was an X-ray chassis, but I'm going to take that back because... Th- and that's why... That's why Lithco haven't promoted it as an X-ray KRG because it's not. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a based on an X-ray chassis, right. but there is a couple of elements that are only on That's the whiskey. Right, yeah, there's a few changes. Yeah, the whiskey yeah. three. That uh, particularly at the front of the fore end, with the ability to put Picatinny rails on or put um like flush cup holes and stuff. Those those are present on this, which aren't present on the X-ray. So it is yeah. actually a little upgrade to the X-ray. Mm-hmm. Um, with the rear end of it sort of being a standard X-ray, yeah. One of the other things I didn't realize was that the X-ray or this setup is going to come with different grips, uh, like two different options on grips, and a few rails and different cheekbeads, so that the chassis itself is quite customizable. And and some of that is going to be in the box, yeah. Which uh, which is very impressive. Yeah, so yeah a great addition. And I think they did a good thing, like partnering. And you said this earlier today. They. Like partnering someone who knows chassis, who is not on their first chassis, who has built multiple chassis and refined and good. I mean, you've been using a a Whiskey 3 for years. Mm. And, you know, they're on... What what generations is yours?
0: Mine's three. Yeah, and they're up to five now? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and, and...
1: and then the X-rays come out. I think around the time the four came out, or three or four. I believe that's right. Yeah. And and so a company that that knows their chassis and keep refining them and getting feedback. I mean, Paul Reed, who's been on the podcast, is a is a KRG sponsored shooter mm-hmm. and providing constantly feedback to him. So I think it's a smart move, of of saying you know Lithgo saying we we don't make chassis, we haven't made chassis, so mm. they haven't got the experience there. Yeah. Getting someone who has got the experience, and KRG are right up there, mm-hmm. and getting them to build it.
0: It's a uh, good relationship.
1: Mm. So, yeah, so well, look, we we just banged on about it for ages, but um, <laughs> we're both quite impressed with that, uh, the Woomera, and I think, yeah, I know, know a bunch of guys have got them on order, so be confident uh, that, you know, if you have got one on order, uh, it's probably worth waiting for. It is, you know, they're not due out till sometime 2018, but getting hands on with one today uh I would I would happily buy one yeah I'm keen to try one for sure yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and would happily recommend them um and you know, given the the 102s generally shoot well um these ones are you know going to probably do that and better yeah so yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they uh, they come out but also you know you've got the experience with Lithgo they've they've learned a lot from the 102s they yeah. learned learned from the 101s plenty from the 102s yeah given that this is only really a design change in barrel in terms of thickness of the barrel mm. and the chassis and then of course muzzle brake uh that's yeah they're not major things all the all the stuff that often can go wrong has been yeah already you know, proven, all the teething and done. problems yeah, yeah so yeah so it'd be it'd be an interesting buy interesting uh, option they're due out sometime next year um, second quarter I think so that would put it somewhere around April through to June that's ages so away it is ages away yeah. well it depends but, how it is,
0: unless you get cracking <laughs> come, on, come on guys
1: You're, yeah yeah so that's a, our summary of the Lithgow LA 105 Woomera hurry up yeah <laughs> hurry up is Dan's word
0: <laughs> too many people standing around in there
1: <laughs> that, that was us Dan that yeah. was us it yeah, seems like um, a very
0: friendly environment though you know everyone's very welcoming
1: no, it's because no. I haven't told them much about you. Okay.
0: <laughs> They'll find out in the weekend. Best you don't.
1: <laughs> Leave it that way. Um, and shout out to Matt today for cooking lunch. Oh, man, that's over oh, the top, I think. That was amazing. Roast lamb for lunch. Yeah, most people do that on their job. They'd get fired. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he, he, he you know, deserves a raise or something like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, it was, uh, yeah. It was good. So yeah, yeah, Good job. Um I think that's probably probably covered you know, uh, we didn't uh we'll apologize we didn't take photos um while we were there we were a bit limited on what we could do and that side of things, and we best you know we thought well, well let's just yeah we're not if we can't take many, let's just not really bother with it um you guys have seen the photos of the one o five most likely um it it looks like that it lo- looks how you see it in that photo, so mm. uh that's the the best way and and to be honest the proto- the prototype some the one we played with was in the whiskey chassis. And we did have an X-ray chassis there as well, so we got to play with both. So it wouldn't have been a fair representation of the gun. Mm, so yeah. the, the other thing, was was there something else we were going to... Oh, I was going to ask you about something else. I was going to get another piece of pizza. Oh, good move. Where'd they go? In the fridge, man. Oh. I'm good. I, uh, I ate plenty before I'm laying on this bed and I don't think I'll be moving anytime soon. Unless unless I run out of uh, what are we drinking, Gentleman Jack? Unless I run out of that, then I then I move. Yeah. So you were going to ask me. I was actually going to ask you, and I think we said in the last podcast, i are going to ask you about about the KRG chassis. Sure. Because the, the you know obviously coming out of Lithgow, we're talking about you know the the, the 105 and and you've been using for one for a number of years. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you find it? Can you give us any any information about the the stock and bits and pieces, things you like, things you don't like?
0: Sure. Um, because of its design on the pistol grip, the first thing that comes to mind, where it leaves the, uh, it's got like the uh, indentations above the pistol grip for your thumb to sit out.
1: Right. Yep. Um, so a thumb rest. That was
0: the thing that made me start shooting thumb out, which is now something we sort of implement into courses about. Pretty, we, yeah. we found Always the,
1: recommend um, it to try, at least yeah. to try. Yep.
0: Um. And results usually follow. Exactly, we found good reason to, to do that, you know. So that's sure. one thing I loved about it. Um, secondly, it was a very rugged stock, which is what I expected. I read up a lot about it. I'd, I wanted you've treated that
1: like rubbish.
0: I have. It's <laughs> copped a pounding, and other than a few scratches, it's never failed me. It's a, it's a rock solid system, you know. Yep. Um, the only thing I could probably nag on it, which in their defence isn't it's it's on the heavy side. Sure. Um so it wouldn't be my ideal weight of a chassis, it's it's on the heavy side for me personally anyway, for something like comp shooting where you're manoeuvring around and you know on the run and
1: plus you're not very strong either. I'm
0: pretty small, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah Thanks mate. You're welcome.
0: I was trying to put on my big tough man voice <laughs> so guys that don't know me think I'm some <laughs> superman. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. you know what I'm saying, it's not on it's on the heavy side, but that's originally that's not what I bought it for. What I yeah. what I mainly used it for is what I bought it for, and that was, you know, long range hunting, uh rough environment. Yep. Um or just a good rugged chassis and and it's And it's it, done it. It's done it.
1: Yeah, cool. So um yeah, I think we we're talking about it, we thought we'd ask you about it what yep. they're gonna be like. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty happy in the, the X rays it. Well, great. the X ray's a bit lighter, isn't it? The X-ray yes. variant, yes, yeah, yep. a bit more polymer, less steel mm-hmm. or alloy or whatever
0: it is. Probably close to half weight. I mean, I don't know for half sure. Half weight.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I'm, I I'm mean, gonna Google that. Let's get on it. Yeah, do it. Let's check it out. Yeah, look it up. I'd be curious because that sound that sounds like a lot a lot of difference. Um. All right. We'll like I
0: said, I'm only guessing. We'll but find it'd be, out. It'd be close, but there's
1: the, a, there's a reasonable drop in weight between the two.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Very noticeable.
1: Let's have a look here. Um, Unless the guy
0: I bought mine from filled the center of his with lead or something, I don't know. Oh yeah, (laughs) could
1: have done. Um, Let's. uh, No, I. I don't know if there's any weights here. Anyway, I'll I'll keep chipping away at that, see what I can find. And the other thing. Well, I guess the main is there. Any other news, mate? Have you got anything to? Pass on. I mean, yeah, we're all excited about Lift at the moment. You know. I'm
0: pretty um pretty run down. Yeah. All the driving we've done and getting around and yeah, it took a while to get here, didn't? it? Brain cogs aren't turning.
1: <laughs> um. Oh, I d- so I've just seen that the Generation Five whiskey is I- the front is polymer as well. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Unlike yours. Mhm. And uh, that takes off half a pound. Okay. Uh, that's interesting. The Anyway, I'm, I'm quite distracted here now. I really want to work out with what this weight Well, I'm is. curious now because you
0: were so surprised at me saying half weight.
1: Okay, here we go. We're going to go fixed versions. Uh, 3.8 pounds for the Whiskey 3. Okay, and the X-Ray. 3.8 pound. Okay. 3.8 pound. Uh, 3.1 for the X-Ray. Wow. So, not, not half. That's feet. not what we... I should have put money on it. Is that Always what we were, ha- what we were handling today? The x-ray? Yeah. The one that was separate to the gun was the x-ray. That's right. And then the one that was on the gun was a whiskey. Wow. Oh, but that's... Hang on. If we had that half a pound back in, because half a pound was uh, this Gen 5 versus a Gen 3, mm. Um. so you're at five, 4.3. Mm. So it's taking a pound, and a bit off. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. I would have thought it'd be more, but yeah. Okay. Hmm. Anyway, I'm not sure that's actually overly relevant. But anyway, it's the, the, so bad, it. so bad. Maybe
0: part of that's the the 27-inch barrel on there. I've just that's oh, that, messing with <laughs> my head. This added weight that I'm thinking
1: <laughs> that that might be that might be a factor. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So um, the the topic for tonight, apart from what we've covered so far, is wind. Now, wind oh. is a wind is a topic we've been asked uh about a lot and it's a topic that you you know is a forever topic you continually working on it continually learning more about it and so what is that guy doing on tv
0: don't watch it you get distracted Sorry. That's, well, I'm only, <laughs> that's what i'm like <laughs> only half here because <laughs> i'm staring at this bloody tv yeah
1: good uh so um yeah, wind is one of those topics that you, you continue to refine your understanding for for a long time, and continue to find uh, different ways, different tricks, and and bits and pieces to to move on. And it's always it always seems to be the like the last battle. It's always the one that you continue to work on. And so, yeah, I don't. I guess wind is such a broad topic that it's uh, you know worth going. You know, it's probably worth stating that you know in the type of shooting we do and a lot of PRS stuff. Wind flags are not so common, because, no. No, no. yeah, and and look, I, we do have another F class shooter coming on uh, in the show in a shortly, and perhaps we could ask him a bit about wind and using flags because it's it's honestly something I don't know a lot about, you know, because they they sure. work out angles and bits and pieces on mm-hmm. them and ways they go, but I you know I've got no experience with the flags. I guess well, what are, what are we running on, Dan? What do we utilise for our wind calls? Um, everything else. <laughs> Yeah, so how far we missed by (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Such as what? Okay
0: Movement of trees, movement of grass Mirage Um, Splash from your shot Yep Smoke
1: Yep Splash from someone else's shot Anything Yeah, anything Windmills Terrain uh, Terrain?
0: Terrain, yeah Mm. I mean if you know what to look for, there's heaps of signs out there. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think I think that's the thing is that you you continue to to understand, um, you know what what's happening and and how things work and and, and being able to read wind off more and more items and and such, you know, uh, like if there's a, a wind farm nearby, well you you can find out how, at what speeds those turbines actually. Oh, that's work. getting a bit crazy, isn't oh, it? I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's alright. <laughs> anyway, so the, you can utilise whatever is around, and, and if you understand it, particularly if you shoot in the same area regularly, yeah, um, it's a it's a good way to do.
0: Yeah. Well, up up where we shoot, uh, where we train a lot, there's a windmill, and I refer to it a lot. And you know, just to clarify, maybe people get confused sometimes. I'm not pointing at the at this windmill that it's spinning and it's a particular speed, but it's good for a direction. direction. Yeah. I mean, it's like a big what do you call them the wind vane weather vane weather vane yeah, it's a massive we- one of them up there you know it's, yep um, you're talking terrain with hills and where it's coming down like water splashing over the different angles and crosswinds and such you know you want to get what you can from anything
1: absolutely and I guess uh, you know Dan you actually you you are a very good wind caller and oh, you know, finally a compliment <laughs> don't get used to it <laughs> um
0: it's gonna start coming back if you <laughs> keep pushing it
1: you know, sounds great mate. sounds great always happy to cover um you, you're a good wind caller and and that's been you know something that certainly has been refined over years and years of shooting and vomiting yeah. and, and all that sort of gear. yeah so how how did you go about developing that skill um, um tell, tell us
0: yeah i there's no magic key to it. It was just a long oh, time damn! Forget span. it then. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> if it's not I easy, I don't ha- want to do it. I don't have the golden key. <laughs> 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 no. It, um yeah. It's, it, you got to pay your dues with it. You got to not, I think what did it, what did it for me that, and I still do it now. I like it. I like it being windy. I mean, Sure. If there's no wind, I'm kind of like, this is boring. Hmm. I still enjoy shooting in that, but it's 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 a dampener on the day. If the the wind starts picking up, you know, it's like, okay, cool. Now I've got something to play with, you know. Yep. You're never
1: holding the same spot. So... I've I got, I got a proper excuse now. I miss because the wind. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like,
0: was... you know, like if you enjoy something, you become yep. good at it. Um, if yeah. you hate something, you tend to subconsciously avoid it. Even though you go, I've got to learn, I've got to get better at it, and you attempt it, it's all... You t- it tends to be half hearted attempts, you know. If you're like, I really like this, I want to nail it, or, you know, it becomes obsessive, you're mm. more likely to succeed at it. And I think that's what I did. I, I At one stage, I told myself, you know, what's my weak point? I'm going to make it my strong point. Yeah. And n- not just one, you know, what are my weak points? Well, I'll make them my strong points. And wind is my weak point. So I started researching on it, looking at it, observing it reading books, watching videos and, and it became as an obsession. I, I really enjoy reading wind and trying yeah. to be better. And I'm no master. I got, I'm sure there's, I can become a lot better still. You got, you can't know, we all? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah,
1: it's good. I guess that, that is really good. Um, that's probably a really good place to start with that mentality. So many people and, and we've, you know, we all know them and we've met them, but we've had them out on courses and often see a change. But, um, where initially that mentality is, oh, it's no, it's too windy to go shooting. You know, the f- fair yeah, weather shooters. Yeah, yeah. I
0: was one of them guys, first to admit. Many it.
1: of us would be, yeah. yeah. And you go, oh no, it's, I'm, I'm going to hit that. It's too. I'll just keep it closer or yeah, whatever it may be. And yeah. and that's understandable because if you if you just sort of start sending them downrange, bit of a hail mary type thing, mm. without actually you know sort of understanding or paying attention to. Yeah, you sit there going, Man, this is too bloody hard. I you know, have yeah. got no, no chance of doing this. I mean that's yeah. the thing, you you start putting things down like we were shooting just shy three hundred metres the other day with a twenty two in th- nearly thirty mile an hour winds. Um and it was tough. But the only the toughest part I found was, was splash. But you do that uh you do that for a number of years ago. And you did, no, I haven't got a chance. You know, like yeah. I just wouldn't even attempt it yep. years ago. Yeah, and and so as soon as you start going, well, hang on, okay, if it's windy, well, now's my chance to learn. Now you might shoot closer in, so you can sort of get some more hits, build that confidence up. But don't, you know, don't be afraid. And I think one of the th- one of my favorite things when when you're running a you know long range course and you know, depending on which course, but we we spend you know most of a day on wind. Yeah. And the change in demeanour of the guys uh, after we go out, we, we do a particular activity yeah. where we go out and it's we... It's consistently the same. It's too. the same. And, yeah. and we go out and we, we, we guess we We use kestrels to to um, confirm our guesses on wind. And the guys pretty quickly see improvement in, in how their guesses are through you know process of observation and other bits and pieces. And so what happens? We do this session, then we come back and, and then we shoot again. And in the same time frame, previously they would have sent down 20 rounds. Mm. This time they're doing four or five.
0: Yeah, instant.
1: And, and what, what it is, is there, there's a change in, um, in process, in understanding, but in, in attitude where they'll stop and they go, right what's the wind doing? What's this? They're really conscious to it. The chatter is up. The talk is up. Yeah. And they're going, oh, hey, did you see that mirage there? That's about 500. That that looks different to, to the closer in stuff. Or that, hang on, hang on, something's changed. I think the uh,
0: difference is how I see it with the guys is is they're now shooting with their eyes open.
1: Yeah. Because
0: for sad. the first time, they now know what to look for. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: And, and just so they're so more observant. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the you know the, the you know, what we we're talking about before where you you know, you go out there and you start shooting in wind and you're ah yeah. missing oh, this is this is yeah. rubbish. Um whereas these guys aren't shooting and getting demoralised, they're watching and they're looking and they're they're chatting and they're going, Oh, it's doing this now. Oh, hang on, I think it's switched, I think it's come back, you know, thirty degrees or ninety degrees or whatever and, and someone else going, Yep, yeah, I see it uh-huh. Or even to the point right, um where they say, Oh no, it's changed. I don't know what it's done, but it's changed.
0: Yes, yeah. they're seeing. Hang on. They're seeing
1: something. Yeah, and and so as those skills build, they'll be able to see the change and call what it is. Yeah. But you know, they're they're initially going that ah, something's from the last time I took a shot to now is different. And the other thing that that you do see, um, and it's great to see and, and be aware of, is that, um, and usually use it as an example. Guys get back from that sort of session, they go right. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Call my wind. Pay real attention to it. Get the cast out. Do all of this. Go. Ah, it's an eight mile an hour wind. Great. Down behind the gun. Fill up the magazine. Put the magazine in. Close yeah. the bolt up. Go. All right. Shoot already, yeah. Engage. Shoot. Completely miss. Yeah. The wrong side that they. And and gathering that understanding of, you're right. The wind was doing that when you yeah. called it three yeah. minutes ago. Yeah. And and training that uh, shot process to to come down to. Um, you might do that, and then you might reconfirm when you're on the gun. Then you might reconfirm just before, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that's the the difference between guys learning and, and experienced guys. Totally. You know, the first thing they do, they walk out onto the onto the slab, ready to get set up for a shot, and they're like, what's the wind? And they want to lock it into the Kestrel or the AB or whatever. Where an experienced shooter will go, what's the wind doing? And he's looking for a baseline. Then he's getting down, going through yeah. his process and the last thing before the trigger, double checking that wind.
1: I, no, I was, I was, um, I was gonna, yeah, agree with you there. But, um, I think the the experienced shooters are constantly observing wind, totally, yeah. being being ever present of it. So aware of it now, not in super fine detail when they're just getting themselves ready, but being mindful of it. So yeah. you know they'll they'll get onto the range and they will okay. Well, the wind's doing this, that thing, great. Or they're observing terrain or whatever it may be, yeah. and then they're going through um, they they're going through their process, but they're always mindful of it. And then they check just before to make yeah. that last minute decision of which. Yeah. You well, know, one thing
0: I like to see, like in the comps, where um, anyone can. Get screwed by the wind, or forget to look at the wind because of the extra pressure of the comp. You know, you go all these oh, other things. Oh, instantly, instantly. And I'm, I'm one of them too. You know, like, um. But everyone's, you know, nervous and getting ready for the next stage and lining up and you know figuring out what they're gonna do. And, and mm. someone will go, hey, hey, the wind's changed. Everyone looks up and they're starting to redo data. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to see.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um. And you know, one of the things that that uh, perhaps want to like to point out often people download like those wind charts off off the net. So oh yeah, like yeah. A, you know, like the old school zero to one mile, uh, zero yeah. to two mile an hour wind. You know, this happens. Oh, and yeah, two to yeah. four, this happens, and all that sort of gear. And um, those those are great. Actually, they're a really good guide because they get you started. But be aware that wherever they were written, chances are. That the um the the local foliage and you know all that sort of stuff responds to wind differently than where you're from. Yeah. And so that the trees in your areas might you know not move as much. The grass might be a lot stiffer than where the that was ch- chart was written. So it's a good guide. At least gets you getting out there and, and trying.
0: Mm. Um. I, w- I would call them a good starting point when yeah. you when you have nothing to go on. It's yeah. Um. You know, the the things I sort of researched and got into, but moved on from pretty quickly. But you've got to start
1: somewhere. Agreed, yeah. yeah. So one of the, the processes I wanted to sort of put out there, which is probably no secret to most people, but winding, wind is something that you can you can calibrate yourself to. And so we always recommend, and it's, we're not, you know, plenty of other organisations and people recommend doing this is, uh, you know, when particularly when you're sort of really wanting to... to pick up your, your understanding of wind and calling it is keep a kestrel or some sort of wind device with you and throughout your day work or you know going to work home or whatever it is uh have a look around make an observation make a call we'll come back to that actually um make a call and then check it on the kestrel and you'll be way off or close or whatever it is but usually you way off the first
0: time <laughs> totally but that first time is your biggest learner
1: yeah <laughs> And then what you, you do is you actually attune yourself or customise yourself to the point where um, you can look at the wind and you go, it's doing this. You know, you almost don't need to look at the kestrel. Cause yeah. And, and you see that in comps. Guys will back themselves in for wind calls, not using a, a wind meter because you know, the, the complication is that wind's downrange as well. So if they can call it based on what they're seeing, they can call it downrange based on what they're seeing as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, I had this uh, similar conversation about this with Richard today about Um, the technology we use for long-range shooting, you know, and making a shot. And um, I was explaining to him how I have found you don't have to have all this technology. I don't need a lot of this technology to make a long-range shot, Mm -hmm. but I needed it all to learn how to make the shot. So using using the Kestrel, the Kestrel taught me to read the wind. Without it, I could well, I wouldn't know what 8 or 10 or 12 is because I have no reading to go by. Mm-hmm. But I had the Kestrel to learn it from. Now that I've learned it, I don't need it for the wind. Yep. So, you know, um, say I use AB personally for trajectory and truing data. Um, once I've got a load that I use all the time, like I used my 308 load for three, four years, whatever, never changed it and uh, memorised its trajectory to a 1,000 easy to memorize if you spend a bit of time, but I would never have been able to do that without having A, B and the technology in the beginning to tell me how to get it. Totally. Yeah.
1: So uh, one thing I wanted to uh, come back to there was um, actually making the call. Yeah. Because I I find a lot of guys, you know, making that, being willing to actually make a call and get it wrong is often pretty intimidating for, for people and, and. The thing is that you know, make the call, get it completely wrong, stuff it up, and learn a little bit from it, and uh, then that's let, the key right there. Yeah, yeah, make make the call again and
0: learn from every shot.
1: Yeah, yeah, you might you might be a little bit better or whatever it may be, but at least if you're willing to sort of go, oh, I think it's eight mile an hour. Now it could be forty-eight mile an hour uh, rather than eight, but yep. uh, say so forty-mile an hour off in your call, no dramas. I reckon your next call is going to be a ton closer. Yeah. Also, probably get inside. Yeah. Yeah. If it's that quick. When I
0: saw, when I started to see an improvement in my shooting, uh, a drastic improvement where I was starting to move forward a lot faster and get yep. to where I wanted to be a lot quicker, was when I was shooting less. Um, yeah. It's in the a, way yeah. of less ammo. Yep. Still going out a lot. In but fact,
1: probably more. <laughs> probably more.
0: Yeah. Yep. But I could go out more because I was using a lot less ammo. I'd, I'd go out and fire one, two, three rounds. Yeah, um, passing by the range on my way to work or on the way home. Well, that's right. Your lucky creek like that. <laughs> I would take a shot, and rather than take another and another and another, get on target and ding, ding, ding. Yeah, cool. We're yeah. happy now. Take a shot. I missed. What I miss. Yeah. Sit down, nut it out, think about it, and that becomes obsessive in itself because you're learning from it. And when you mm. you're getting that feedback and you and something clicks and you go, ah, this is what I'm doing. And then the next day you don't make that mistake and you're getting closer or you're hitting and you're hitting you're yep. learning from it you're not spending 50 rounds each time mm. um, it's a positive way to push you forward
1: and, and that's not feasible for most people to be fair like true. chance to go and shoot that's one true. round on the way to that's work true. and one round on the way home from work uh, to really master your, your initial wind call that's true but, but the mentality can be can be poured across to you know you get a day at the range once a month well rather than going down and blowing 300 rounds
0: you can still do the same thing on a lower scale. Yeah. I mean, if I could only shoot once a month, I would still, I'd go really think about and take my time on that first shot for the day. Absolutely. That's the one that tells you what kind of shooter you are, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you miss, sit back and take five minutes and think about it. Yeah. Look at everything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's so many times I've, I've missed a shot and gone, uh, okay, what did I do? Was the wind wrong? Was that wrong? Hang on. And you know, a minute into thinking about it, hang on. I got two minutes dialed on my scope. Now, had I not taken that <laughs> minute, I wouldn't have learnt from that. You would have, and you know, you do that once or twice, then you start naturally just getting behind the gun, check the turrets, we're all good. It's one yeah. thing to cross off the list that you don't you do without thinking. Yep. Yeah.
1: And and had you had you had that that particular example, you would have learnt incorrectly, wouldn't you? Absolutely. You would have made your coin call I think every shooter it.
0: out there could say or could remember a time. And the turret thing is just an example where they've spent 20, 30 rounds and then realised the turret was out and <laughs> gone, I'm an idiot. We've all done it, you know?
1: 20 or 30 might be excessive.
0: I've seen it myself. <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't <laughs> <Not> even, happen. <laughs> that's just an example. Um, yeah, it's, but you know what I mean? We've all, we've, we've all shot through the frustration oh, and put yeah. heaps of rounds down and then realised later. Oh. Without having ever taken an action, you think back and you go, actually, you didn't stop and think about it for a minute. You know? Yeah,
1: oh, we've all done that. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, I've seen seen guys really, really improve their understanding of wind and, and their shooting by doing that, slowing it right down and really being focused on it. Yeah. Um. Now, of course, when you get to a comp, it's hard to do that. Absolutely. But, <laughs> but if you if you're well drilled prior in terms of doing that, you'll you try and bring that mentality in. So yeah. have you got you got some advice or some ideas for. Um, sort of wind being applied in comp situations like I'm,
0: still, how I'm do you still getting my head around that myself I think one thing I work to um, I suppose on the wind side of it I'm pretty good uh, I've been thrown and, and I've quite been, humble have I've, I've, I've shot bad in wind I mean <laughs> one of the last comps was a really windy crazy day yeah. and I had my own moments where I lapsed and, and miscalculated you know because I'm thinking of all this other stuff but yep. I think one of the best things you can do is um, everything we've just been talking about, so that it becomes more second nature stuff, you know, things you check off the list and are doing without thinking about it. So in, when under pressure, you, you know, you're keeping an eye on the wind, you're calculating it however your system is. Um, it's more natural. Mm-hmm. There's other things we can talk about, other techniques. Going. This, this is actually
1: going back to something before, but you just prompted it in me. Oh, one of the things I often do, particularly because I drive, you know, quite a few country cases, is I, I often spend some of that time observing wind. Mm-hmm. You're just sort of dialing that mentality into always being ever present. I don't know we jumped around a little bit, but um, winds changed in weekend as well. Mm-hmm.
0: That's the, the beauty of it. It's <laughs> everywhere. You can tra- you can practice, you know, yeah, so guessing wind all day long anywhere.
1: So it's, it's hard to stop the car and get out and check whether my guesses are accurate. Right. Yeah. So that's not necessarily what I'm learning in that situation. What I am doing is I'm I'm watching for changes. Yeah. So I'm watching going, yeah, it's going, yeah, it's from left to right. I'm gonna guess it's around like like a six or something and, and then watching and, and seeing if that wind's coming around or looking how where you're driving the terrain that you're driving in like how is that funneling the wind. Mm-hmm. And sort of you could almost a point where you, you're driving along. You go right, train's changing up front. Like I'm going, I'm coming to a hill, or going over, or into a valley, whatever it is. And going, I reckon the wind's going to be doing this when I get there. Hmm. And assuming constant wind, um, things like that, not even near a gun range or anything like that. And I'm, I'm, you know, you're still able to practice, still able to develop your wind understanding. Yeah. And yeah, so you. you um, she'll remember i don't know if i've told this story about andrew but andrew dan and myself went and saw uh guns N' roses earlier this year <laughs> and i'm sitting there um with a bourbon and hot dog or whatever and in a way and i'm sort of not really paying attention looking around looking at the stage that sort of year and then i, I hear these two pipe up and they go yeah i reckon i reckon there it's about a seven and then, yeah, another <laughs> 150 metres. Where that tree is, that's, that's probably sitting around eight, eight and a half now. Oh, no, it's swirling now. And these boys just wouldn't show I mean, up. He was
0: cheating. <laughs> he was looking at that flag out at he was, 700. He,
1: he was using flags, you're right. <laughs> 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 and and sometimes he just, sometimes is perhaps too obsessive <laughs> in a good way. It's lucky you
0: were sitting in the middle. You've been like this bored kid, <laughs> just like looking <laughs> no, at I, nothing.
1: <laughs> I, I would have joined in. Yeah. <laughs> I would have joined in, but I was just going, oh, man. I think I'd come off running a... a, a like nearly a week of training or something like that I was just, I'm like a you know two hours off guys <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what happens when you take out yeah, real yeah. shooters
1: you get a couple of real shooters but they weren't available so we, we all off. went instead
0: <laughs> put them in a rock concert they're yeah. going to talk about shooting <laughs> talk about winding <laughs> winding
1: that's not a word winding winding <laughs> must be that gentleman Jack kicking in <laughs> so Dan you, you run a wind formula don't you mm-hmm. yeah and, and a couple yeah, and I think that's one of the things that often people uh, are not aware of or, or how, like we talked a little bit about observing wind and how you're making new calls and guessing and how to get better at that. But then there's the other aspect of, of going, right. well, I think it's a 10-mile-an-hour wind out there.
0: Yeah, what do you do with what, it?
1: What do you do with that information? And, of course, you can throw it into your ballistics calculator and it'll tell you what to do, but by the time you've done that, it may have changed. And then what do you do with it? And then we do. <laughs> so... um that's where things like uh, using different, different ways, different uh, applications to be able to make a call and know what that means on your win. Now, you can, you can memorize stuff and bits and pieces or have data charts, but they've still got to be applied in, in various ways. Yeah. One of the popular ones is, is win formulas. And so having a, you know, a, a relatively, I guess the, 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 the successful ones are where the maths are really easy. Yeah. And and really basic sort of add plus minus, little bit of sort of division multiplication, but but as minimal as possible, using real easy numbers, to be able to make sense of it and get a close enough sort of call. And I guess we are talking PRS based type hit or miss, not group sizes so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, being able to put that in where whereas where time is perhaps more precious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it 's not, not time more precious than accuracy, but time is a big factor as w- as t- well as hitting the target sure. and that 's where formulas have, have found their um, found their favor with hmm. that sort of thing what, what do you do in terms of um, what do you do in terms of like when you 're looking for a formula or looking for a new, new gun to set it up how do you, how do you go about that or if you have got to write a new formula?
0: That's a really tough question. I think the point, the the reason that I got into formulas was uh, the speed factor. Um, Starting out with the hunting, you know, I was out shooting foxes at long range and they do not sit still. (laughs) Now and then you might see one that's just sitting there because it's doing its thing, sitting there like a dog, but that's pretty rare. Usually they're walking and sniffing and they're moving. And then you're going to add wind, which is up and down and crossing and... Yeah. So you you know, you got your range finder and he's at this particular distance, so you've got you you've got your range, you've dialed it on, you get down, what's the wind doing? All right, the wind's doing this. You okay now I need my answer. So I get out A B and I punch that through and I look up and the fox where the box gone. go? He's over there now. That's a different range. I've got to get my range range him, okay, dialed that. The wind's dropped down. Oh, where's where's A B? I needed that for a camera or something else. It just wouldn't work, you know. So I, I need my answer straight away. Yep. That's when I started looking at wind formulas. And basically, a win formula, you can get an answer pretty quick. And that how how quick depends on how much time you put into practice with the formula. It takes a bit of memorizing. Um, Mm -hmm. But once learned, you can get an answer within... I mean, if you're just starting out within, say, 10 seconds, you'll have a fairly close close answer to getting a good hit at any given range. Once... But the best thing about these formulas is once you have that answer, it's it's got you locked in, and the wind can change, and you can change with it. Yeah. Using using different techniques, using utilizing your reticle and things like that. It doesn't matter what the wind does from then on. You've you've locked into that that wind, and it can go up and down, and you're on it. You're ready for the shot. And it just takes a lot of time out. You can be on your target when you when you want to shoot. You can shoot when you want to shoot, not when the wind's dropped or when it's come. Back mm. up to where you first made that call. Yep. Yeah.
1: the The thing about you know, if you look at wind charts, or you you look at drop, uh, sorry, you you look at ballistics information for a round, and you you keep watching the wind information, the drift on it, you see patterns, and, and there's patterns present throughout that as you you know, increase the the speed or increase the distance or whatever it may be, and you see patterns in those trajectory tables, mm-hmm. and I guess because there's patterns there, that's where you can create wind formulas that will um utilize those patterns. And yeah I don't know a number of PRS shooters they have their own sort of little wind tricks or wind hacks or wind wind formulas or whatever that work for their gun, their caliber, their round. Yeah. Um and and they tune them, they get a different setup and they they tweak their concept, but they look for patterns. And they look how to break that down. Some guys do it a lot more scientifically than others. Some guys just sort of, you know, work out what it is. And some are, some are easy and some are hard. But I think the, the, the thing you point out there, Dan, um, I and mean, there's lots of different formulas and you look online on videos and stuff, there's heaps around. The uh, thing is that if you practice them, they get real quick. Huh. I mean, you you're, you know, with your particular wind formula, if you know, well, let's try it out. If you're doing a seven mile an hour shot at 400 meters, what's your wind? Seven mile an hour wind. Yep. At four hundred meters. Yep. Uh, two point seven
0: yeah. with the three hundred eight. There you
1: go. Two point seven at seven mile. What about 8.
0: two point one with the two four three? There
1: you go. Yeah. So y- you do things quickly, and and you're not any frame of mind to make that decision at the moment. Yeah. And and yeah, you know, i pretty relaxed in yeah. the brain right <laughs> <pretty> now. <chilled. laughs>
0: um, yeah. I wonder how many guys have just got an AB and they're like checking their load on that answer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Get am gonna. Just, <laughs> he's grabbed a B out. He's gonna check, gonna check his own answers to see if that is about right. So, um, we 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 have gone through a couple of bourbons. So, um, you know, forgiveness if he doesn't quite nail it. But the idea being that you can, if you get to know your particular formula or whatever it may be, some way of achieving it, um, you can be quick. And the, the one I use, you know, if I prompt myself and I'm not, you know, lying in a motel room and, you know shot a gun for a little while um you're talking sort of two to three seconds to a solution if not less you know to be able to sort of understand it really quickly so they can work really really well in the right environment now sometimes how'd you go down were you 2.5 2.5 you're hitting your target that's less than a click on your scope yeah 400
0: meters so yeah it's not it's
1: not bad but i could have done better (laughs) um uh, well you brought up my point really well there that I was going to say that often formulas may sacrifice a touch of accuracy for speed, mm. and and usually my tolerance is usually one to two clicks. Mm-hmm.
0: So point one point two mil. Yeah, yep. yeah.
1: Um, I'll, I'll I'll sort of
0: similar to me. I've I've always tried to stay within point three MOA, so it's about the same. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And so being able to sort of be within a, a sensible uh, buffer um again we're talking hit miss or, or you know on, on an animal i mean one on a fox at 400 meters is still a kill shot comfortably mm. so the, being able to sort of guess those things within you know reasonable distances um sorry within reasonable time frames will will certainly allow you to take those shots quicker yeah mm. yeah and look, there's there's plenty of ways. You know that sometimes those formulas can be daunting, and, and being able to sort of print off a ten mile an hour standard, and then apply, you know, if it's twice as much or a different angle, you can double, or half, or quarter, or seventy percent, or whatever it is, mm. that that can work and can, can work quite well.
0: I think they're very daunting to learn when you. Yep. Um. When you when you're looking at them and learning them for the very first time, it's like, what the hell? How do they get their answers like that? Um it just doesn't make sense, but you need to go over it and over it and over it. And over it. one of the first ones I learned was Todd Hodnett's uh, accuracy first wind formula. Sure. Yep. And oh, I must've watched that 10 times before I even started <laughs> grasping it, you know, but um, yep. that was the kicker for me that went, this is really cool. I can yep. get my answer. I don't need no technology. And that's ultimately what I wanted to do. Yep. Like I said before, I need the technology to learn it, but I want to eventually be able to shed myself of it all and be a, a competent shooter, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but that that formula was the one to go, okay, this is really cool, and it became obsessive, and I started manipulating AB going, what does my gun do in MOA? How can I make a formula with that? Yeah, how absolutely. Can I, how can I tweak this? How can I do that? And once again, the technology becomes the best teacher.
1: Mm. Yeah, so so formulas are good or methods are, you know, in terms of putting that in, and you don't have to rely on AB. The other thing I wanted to, to bring up was you can actually – I guess like reverse engineer. So where your point of impact goes, you can actually use AB to find out what the wind was. So if you're, let's say, you're shooting at a target and you're shooting dead center on the target, and the bullet impacts a mil to the right, Mm -hmm. so you can look at AB and start increasing the wind on AB Uh, to the the point actually is. Yeah, to the point where you get one mil of drift, and you go right. When I shot, then I had to allow for six minutes of. A uh, six mile per hour. Yeah. All right. Cool. So that's what six mile an hour looked like over this distance. Yeah. And, and so many people don't do that. They 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 shoot and they miss and go. Oh, I got the wrong, the call wrong. And yeah. they bump it up or this or that. Yeah. You can actually go. Well, if you got a if you got a good follow shot and you saw where it was, measure it, mm. and bring it back and see what it was. Yeah. You can you can reverse it. So that I've seen that open guys' eyes uh, as yeah. well where they go, oh. Right, that was this, yeah, you know, and then quantify. they they
0: can relay that information back to their mate sitting next to them who's shooting a totally different caliber, and uh, MOA versus mil, and they can um, convert it because they now have a wind call. They don't need to know how to convert it; they need to know the wind.
1: Yeah, and the, their mate in
0: mil shooting a three hundred eight has just set at six mile an hour. So the guy over here with a six six mil shooting MOA gets mm-hmm. you know punches in his data. He's got his answer, and he can make the shot. Absolutely. Yeah, it keeps it cross-caliber. Cross a good little trick point. I use, um, here we go, for a lot of people, there's a little golden key coming out here <laughs> using your reticle. Let's say any given distance, any, golden any wind. Your golden run, key. You just your, said
1: you didn't have a golden key uh, before. I have many. You lied. <laughs>
0: <laughs> any given distance, any, any speed of wind, right? Your answer, you want to talk mills, you, you crazy people like to do mills. So I will do mill. Your answer becomes one mill all right let's say the wind was 12 mile an hour all right right your solution that ab gives you or whatever calculator you're using gives you an answer of one mil you take the shot ends up it was only half mil what's the wind it's six it's half Mm -hmm. so using your reticle if you now for that distance you're shooting one mil is 12 mile an hour it can now go to half that, six, so it's half your hold. Gotcha. It can go to three mile an hour, which is half of a half, one quarter. Yep. There's a way to use your reticle where the wind can go up and down. You've locked each, into that
1: each twelve point, mile
0: an hour of Each one point
1: one. One is one point two.
0: You're now looking at hour. your reticle with one yep. mil as your baseline of twelve mile an hour, it can go up and down. You're all over it. You're ready for the shot. Yeah, nice. Yeah.
1: Any reason you call wind in mile per hour?
0: Uh, why why mile instead of meters a second or feet a well, second? Yeah,
1: meters per, meters per second or um, kilometers per hour. Sure. There's, yeah.
0: Um, if, you, if you're if you going... I oh, can't do it right now in my brain. It's not working properly. <laughs> but if you convert <laughs> to, I that. think, meters per second is about half-ish of miles. Does that sound about right? Or do kilometer? you know,
1: that's one I, I don't know. I've, I've not, I've spent it's a lot zero lower number, per per I think. Yeah, a lot lower number. Yeah, yeah. Kilometers
0: yeah. per hour is um, a higher number. Yeah. So working in mile per hour, you can, uh, there's like a million, uh, wind formulas out there that work on 10 mile an hour. Not all of them are great. Most of them are actually pretty bad, but <laughs> the yep. number is easy. It's a 10, it's a bracket of 10. Yep. So, uh, a 10 mile an hour wind is a very common wind yep. when, yep. when, when you're getting a day where you go, Oh, the wind's getting up there. That's usually around your 10 mile an hour. Um, so instantly we if we if you know what a 10 mile an hour is you can go well I know what 5 is because it's half
1: that. Yeah okay so you use if it because it's almost
0: of, that and half again or that bit more it's going to be your 12 15 already yeah. you're calling a wind of 5 10 or 15.
1: I guess is I guess it's a, a combination of of that and and what you're accustomed to. I mean if you learn meters per second from day 1 You continue to be refining, get good at it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's just
0: what I do. There may be guys out there that do it in meters a second and, and better than me. It's quite possible, but it's the numbers that I find are a lot easier.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I, 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 the numbers for miles per hour work well for me, but I do know guys. I do know guys who are really good shooters at run meters per second. Sure. Okay. Um, cool. And that's just what they are used to. Yeah. And they're exceptional at it. Yep. Um, I think it it comes down to the same thing: mil, MOA, um, yards, and meters. Yeah. You know, the the measurements are the same thing. It doesn't actually matter which one you go with. Just being aware that you know if you. If you come across a really good formula that's in miles per hour that you really like, um, don't use metres per second for that particular <laughs> equation. <laughs> it won't work. Um, but, you know, we haven't researched the metres per second formulas. No doubt there are good ones because the same principle applies. The same patterns exist.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah
1: it, it would be out there. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah they,
0: They're kind of different. I mean, when you're talking wind and wind formulas with... MOA versus MIL. I mean, they're very different, yet the outcome's the same.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Just uh, the it's num- kind of hard change. to
0: explain. It's like two different languages that you can learn to understand the same. Yep. You know?
1: No. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well I feel I'm, like
0: I'm falling in the matrix here. <laughs> do you know? You know
1: what? That's uh, I reckon that won't be the uh, the gentleman Jack kicking in. So <laughs> I reckon it's probably time to uh, to call this a show. <laughs> oh guys, I hope you've uh, you've been able to um uh, to tolerate our babble and, and maybe picked up one or two things. Always willing to take more advice on wins. So if you guys have tricks up your sleeves or ideas, um yeah, please let us know. Be uh, a sponge,
0: things, be a sponge. Yeah, yeah.
1: well, f- for for that for them and us as well. Yeah, you know, let us know. I'm a sponge. Totally. Um, well, it's not the word I was going to use, but anyway, it's um. <laughs> it's, it's, you ref- are an asshole. <laughs> I am, I am. But thanks for noticing. Cool, mate. Um, so Dan, we haven't done one of these for a little while, but this is uh, another. Would you rather? So I'm going to put this to you, mate. Um. Would you rather... Oh, I'm getting asked the question. You're getting asked the again. question, okay. mate. This All is right. going to go out to one, but well, You on are the getting spot asked spot again. The question. You love that. Straight into it, mate. Cool. Straight into Do it. it. Ready, so, shoot. Relax. All right? Just calm down. We're okay. going to go through this. <laughs> 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 um, would you rather... Would you rather to be able to call 100% of the time an accurate call, perfectly accurate call on wind speed or on wind direction? Wind speed wind speed. Yeah. Tell me why?
0: Because it's probably more important in the for the solution. Um I can get a. I could get a good direction off trees, grass, feeling it on my face. Oh uh, yeah. If like you if you're, if you're telling me you can give me some magic skill where I can guess the speed of wind at a mile with crosswinds and stuff, I'm I'm going to take that, man. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Fair okay. cool. Well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna call uh I'm gonna I'm gonna decide on the direction. Cool. Do you wanna know why? And
0: then then we go shooting. Yeah, you and I go <laughs> shooting all our calls will be
1: absolutely hundred percent perfect. I like it. As a combination. So um yeah, I will have no idea what speed it's going, but I'll just say, yeah, no, it's definitely a hundred and thirty seven degrees <laughs> wind. And you'll go, I don't know where it's coming from, but it's definitely twelve mile an hour <laughs> and together we shall uh take yeah. over the world i mean um i like it yeah so uh all right we're gonna put that up there i suspect you're right i suspect most people will be able to um or want to call uh direction that's no, yeah. sorry call, call speed yeah yeah but well so it's based on their current ability level let's see uh whether the guys think they lack um those people uh, our listeners lack direction yeah or they lack speed But let's face it. Either way, I might not use the best wording for this.
0: Either answer, you get a superpower. So (laughs) you know, you can't be wrong either way.
1: And maybe they could extrapolate that into the other superpowers that that same skill would lead to. Windman. We we may be overthinking this.
0: Are you my (laughs) Windman?
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I don't think I can help you with that. (laughs) We're we're probably uh, we're probably out of out of ideas. Okay. Cool. So, Dan, thanks for, for joining me. Sure. Thank you. Thanks yeah, for having me. Yeah, no dramas, mate. And, um, and uh, yeah, we'll spend a couple of days at Lithgow. Sounds fun. It's going to be good. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, if you do like what we do, uh, despite tonight's podcast, um, feel free. We'd love to have you on board as a supporter on Patreon, uh, where you can support the show and get some additional bits and pieces. And that would be wonderful. Other than that... Thanks very much. Cheers, Dan. Good luck for the weekend and uh, good luck for your first time on a plane.
0: Oh, no. You just reminded me. Yeah, I brought that up. I had it out of my head (laughs) for a
1: while there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. We're going to head off. Cheers. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast continue the discussion check out our facebook page and for more information head to our website www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au this episode was brought to you by projectile warehouse find your perfect projectile